So you want to be important? Wonderful. You want to be great? Wonderful. You want to be recognized? Terrific. But recognize that he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. And that's a new definition of greatness, isn't it? And this morning, the thing that I like about it is by giving that definition of greatness, it means that everybody can be great because you know what? Everybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and your verb agree to serve. You don't have to know anything about Plato or the philosophies of Aristotle in order to serve. You don't have to know Einstein's theory of relativity in order to serve. You don't have to know the second law of thermodynamics and physics in order to serve. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love, and you can be that servant. Friends, those are the words of Martin Luther King Jr. all the way back in 1968. And I think they are relevant words for us as we continue here our sermon series on all in. And I wonder today, by the way, are you all in in serving Jesus Christ? Are you all in when it comes to faithfully following our Lord? Is your every attempt is to be obedient and faithful to God? To become like Christ Jesus is what we are called to do. And I wonder today, are you all in? You know, when you come to faith community, we ask you to take a vow, and that is to support the church, the Lord's church, by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. And I wonder today, are you those who are connecting with God on a daily basis? Paul says to pray without ceasing. I wonder if you are shining as a light, like Paul says here in Philippians chapter 2. Are you really shining as a light, being a witness in this world? And you know it's a dark world out there, isn't it? Are you generous in those wonderful resources, your talent and ability, your treasure, your time, are you generous just like God is generous? Are you present? And that is, are you worshiping the Lord? Are you practicing the presence of God in your walk of faith? The great commandment is to love God with all your heart. I wonder if you're doing that in your walk with the Lord. And I wonder if you are a servant. These are five Healthy habits, five basic tenets, you might say, of the life of a Christian disciple. And throughout this series, we're challenging everyone to be wholly loyal to Christ in these basic staples of what it means to live out our faith. And today we're going to focus on service, servanthood. Now, every time I attempt to preach a message on service, I get confronted with something, and that is the whole idea of Humility. I encounter extraordinary humility. And where do you suppose are the best examples of humility found in the Bible? It's in the person of Jesus Christ. And perhaps it's on greatest display to us here in Philippians chapter 2. Do you realize some people call this one of the, the greatest texts of all the Bible? Paul spelling out clearly to us 
how Jesus came and emptied himself and took on the form of a human being and sacrificed his life. What great humility that he had and what thought that he had for you and me. He was other-centered and self-oriented, and his life was one of serving. He said in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 20, he said, Whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Now, the New Testament affords us about 13 different letters from Apostle Paul. And what a collection it is. Of all the letters we have from him, Philippians is the friendliest, isn't it? And you sense it here in the language, <coughs> right from the beginning. In verse 3, Paul writes, I thank my God every time I remember you and all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. And down in verse 7 in chapter 1, it is my right uh, for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. Or he says, God can testify how, long, how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. I have you in my heart. Now this sounds like a really fuzzy, mushy letter, doesn't it? And Paul is writing here from the dungeon, right? He's in jail. Have you ever thought, and can you even imagine what it must have been like for him? What would it be like for you if you were tossed into the slammer because you were serving God? But he continues on, even though he is chained and in prison. He says, therefore, my dear friends, or therefore, in chapter 4, my brothers and sisters, in whom I love and long for, these are affectionate words as he's so concerned about his fellow believers and other disciples here at Philippi. Now, I'm sure you remember back in elementary school, or maybe you were in middle school, and your English uh, comp teacher taught you how to do a form letter, how to do a business letter, the proper way to format a personal letter to a friend. I'm sure you got that kind of training. Well, guess what? We find the same thing was true back in the first century. In recent times, scholars have unearthed these manuals for letter writing out of the Greco-Roman world there in the first century, and it turns out there were 21 different type of letters back in the first century. Who knew? 21 different ways that you could format a letter. And one of the types of the letters was called the friendly letter, and Philippians here is following that kind of format of a friendly letter in the ancient world. And Paul definitely had this close relationship with these believers here at Philippi, and you might say that they were his BFFs, his very best friends. That's the tenor of this letter, and it's because they were true servants together. They were serving Jesus Christ in an amazing way as they were reaching out into the community as they were being the people of God and you know the true servant is determined to do something more than might be required now I want you to notice a couple of verses here verses 3 and 4 that really speak to us here about great humility he says here in humility consider others better than yourself and when he says better he doesn't mean superior but he means here worthy of respect he says you're not to put other people down you treat them better than yourself this is a radical concept 
I got to tell you, this was a radical concept back in the day of Paul, just like it is a radical concept today, isn't it? I mean, treat others better than yourself. Humility, consider others better. That's the exact opposite of our North American culture, isn't it? It's the exact opposite of the people that we run into all the time. We're full of people who think they are better than everybody else. And we have elevated selfishness to an art form, almost a character quality. He says, decrease that critical spirit in you because when you are critical, you are thinking that you are better than other people. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but rather not thinking of yourself really at all. Your focus isn't on you. It's not that you think less. It's just that you don't think about yourself. Your focus is on that of others. You're other-centered rather than self-centered. And the person that thinks he's humble, I got to tell you, isn't. Because the humble person doesn't even know it because he's focused on everyone else. Now, the writer in James picks this up, and in James 4 says, Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him or her speaks against the law and judges it. And there's only one lawgiver and judge. Who are you to judge your neighbor? You know, anytime, in other words, you're judging somebody else, you're playing the role of God. And he's saying here, who are you to judge your neighbor when you don't understand their circumstance? You don't understand what they have been through and their background and their dilemma that they are confronted with. You know, the problem I find today is that criticism is fun for a lot of people. A lot of people, I think, enjoy finding fault in others. We like to criticize and pick on those flaws of other people because it makes you feel more superior. It makes you feel better about yourself when you're turning the flaws and the spotlight out in the lives of others. And we think we build ourselves up by putting other people down. But the Bible says it's exactly the opposite. And if you want to get rid of that critical spirit in your life, you need to decrease criticism if you really want to serve. And then in verse 4, notice he says here you demonstrate consideration. He says... Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Don't just be interested in your own affairs, but it says look. That's the operative word here in this verse. Now, it comes from a Greek word. It's where we get the word scope, like the scope on a rifle or a telescope when you want to seek out a certain star to gaze at. You pay attention to that particular star. And you know what? Pay attention, he says here, to the needs of other people. But we don't do it, and that's why we have problems oftentimes in our relationships. We're not concerned about other people. We're not concerned maybe about our spouse that we take advantage of, or we're not really thinking about our children and their needs, or our moms and dads as they're aging, or those coworkers that we are working beside at the cubicle next door. We don't pay attention to their needs. But Paul says here, look and listen, and it's how we pay consideration. I wonder today if you could name those three or five greatest interests in the life of your children or in the life of your spouse or in the life of your neighbor who you know is struggling. Are you well acquainted with those around you in their daily life and what they're experiencing? Paul says here to demonstrate consideration. Now, nothing I'm really saying here this morning is anything new, is it? 
The problem is we just don't do it half the time. We're so preoccupied and busy with what we are finding in life. And yet I want to say to you that call yourself a disciple today. You know, life's most persistent and urgent question is what are you doing for others? If you are a genuine follower of Christ and not merely an admirer or a spectator on the side, then, of course, that's the most persistent question there is for a faithful follower of Jesus Christ who came and taught us how to pick up the towel and the basin and taught us how to pick up the cross and follow him. It's why we carry the gospel, isn't it, into all the world. It's why we exercise compassion to those who are stuck in the ditch of life. It's why we hand out bread and food here in our food pantry. It's why we pick up a basketball for upward and we gather the children and teach them how to play basketball, but really we have an opportunity to engage and evangelize and to share God's love. It's why we do things like Zufari or do things like Vacation Bible School. We just may be the only opportunity for these children here in our neighborhoods to hear the story of Jesus and the need to come to faith in God's Son. It's why we turn on our lights and gather here in a week or so to house the homeless here in Butler County because some people went through a rough time and can't find shelter. It's why we provide care groups for the hurting. It's why we have Stephen Ministry opportunities, people who will be a companion for someone else who's going through a rough time. This outward mindset is a distinctive brand, isn't it? And it's our way. A disciple lives for the sake of others. And I wonder if you are one of them today. We have another video of someone in our church who's serving and being blessed by the service of this community, a lady that we know as Ashley Osage. And I invite you to listen to her story here this morning. Hi, I'm Ashley Osage, and I just love all the ways that Faith Community offers to serve. I've had the opportunity to serve on Tuesday nights where we have Stepping Forward, and we offer um, dinner and classes to the community. And the great thing about uh, serving dinner is getting to sit down with the families that come here and eating dinner with them and having a family conversation, getting to know them by name, um, and being able to pray for them by name. Every other month, we have the opportunity to go out to local neighborhoods and do small acts of kindness to share God's love through the Sharing the Love Outreach. Last December, with my boys Ben and Andrew, we went to a local community and passed out hams and Christmas stockings for the families. I was told that most of the families will be Hispanic, so I was excited to practice some of my Spanish. And I went to the first door with my ham I knock on the door and this woman answers and I say, hola, and she wasn't Hispanic, but she was very appreciative once I changed to English to uh, receive the ham and um, give her son the stocking that we provided. In addition to serving locally, Faith Community has the opportunity to serve globally. Last year, we went to Guatemala 
and worked with a local organization that provides hands up to the indigenous community. And one of the things that impacted me the most is when we were looking for shoes for a particular gentleman, the head of this household, and looking for a bag that would have shoes that would fit him. And when I opened the bag, right on top were perfect men's shoes, because we didn't have a lot of them, but we had men's shoes and they fit him perfectly. And he was so appreciative and I was just, I felt God just placed those there at that moment um, and just reminded me what we were there for. As we were playing with the children, um, he left for a little bit and ends up coming back with two bags full from the market of bread for all of us there. There had to have been maybe 13 of us there helping and some soda. And he served that to all of us in appreciation for what we were doing for him. And we just knew that that had to have been um, a week's worth of money for him. Um, out of his nothing, he gave everything he had in appreciation. Not only have I had the opportunity to serve this year, but I've also been on the receiving end of some of the serving that comes out of Faith Community. I've had a very difficult year and some overwhelming situations, and Faith Community's group, Handy Helpers, came out and helped me with my home in ways that I couldn't imagine. And I just felt so grateful and I felt God's love. I felt God's love through them. I felt God's love for me, telling me everything's gonna be okay. And I feel like God revealed to me the impact that we have when we serve. Serving has just been such a wonderful part of my life and I am so grateful for Faith Community for all the opportunities that we do have to serve. Now, I realize today that many of you are serving in so many wonderful ways in this church family, and you are blessing the socks off of so many. And I also know there are some out there that quite haven't found their niche just yet. They're still looking and waiting, maybe just waiting for that right moment to step out and serve. We have such opportunities available today out in the lobby, and I trust that you will stop by Maybe talk to some of the ministry leaders that are there, for there are many ways in which you can serve. Here Paul says, each of us should not look only to our own interests, but also to the interest of others. And I hope you will do that. Shall we pray? Almighty God, for these moments of worship today, as we reflect on our servanthood. This opportunity to be those faithful followers of your son, Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pick up the towel and the basin and to serve. Oh, use us, oh God, that we might continue to advance your kingdom. We might shine as lights in this world and be your hands and feet. We pray this in the name of Christ, our Lord. Amen.